Next time someone cuts you off in traffic, you can blame their parents. A poll found people who don't follow the rules rules of the road are yeah. much more likely to have parents who don't either. Hmm. The top bad driving habit we inherit from mom and dad is speeding. The top good habit that gets passed down is always using turn signals. We also inherit the ability to stay calm behind the wheel from our mom and dad. The poll also found 55% of us think we're better drivers than our parents in general. You know what's weird as you were saying that? I'm like, what about me? I've got schizophrenia then because my dad was, he was a super aggressive driver. And mom, total opposite. My kids, <laughs> my kids would probably tell you the same thing. Oh, dad, he's he's got a lead foot. Dad, I, don't, I wouldn't say I'm an aggressive driver, but I'm definitely leaning that way. And my wife is the total opposite. Really slow. It's like there were, the, the history is repeating itself when it comes to driving in my family. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is with my family. Because, like, my sister, I think I drive a little too fast, I'll admit it. And I, my sister gave me a ride to the airport one time. I've never gone slower. It was like, whoa. <laughs> the most is... annoying thing in the world. It's You're weird, like... yeah. <laughs> There's a chance this could become your next favorite dessert. It just has a terrible name. They're called wet brownies. We'll tell you about this trend in just a minute. Hey, if you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you're going to love hearing the latest in the world World of food. First, do you enjoy roasting marshmallows with your kids, making some s'mores? Jet Puffed Marshmallows just released a version of marshmallows that change color when you roast them. Pink marshmallows that'll turn orange and blue marshmallows that'll turn green. They're not revealing the secret ingredient that makes that happen. Second, if you love peach cobbler or peach pie, heads up, crops were way smaller thanks to an extra warm January and too late frost in March. Prepare to pay more. And finally, in the world of food, have you heard of this big craze for wet brownies? you got to think of a different name. That just sounds gross. Well, what you do is you use your favorite brownie mix as usual, mm-hmm. but before you pop them in the oven, you pour some coffee or espresso on top. And instead of the brownies drying out, they absorbed a lot of the flavor from the coffee and they're super moist. And people are saying it's like the Mm. new thing. Like you got to try wet brownies. Mm, I'm in. We should do a taste test on air. How about you make some tonight? (laughs) (laughs) How about you make some tonight? No. How about you make some I think you you just got to do the mix and you've got an espresso maker. So be (laughs) easy for you. That's true. You might think I'm crazy, but there's something that scares me a little bit every time I go to a car wash place, and I'm wondering if I'm the only one. I'll tell you what it is in just a minute. So tell me if this has ever scared you when you go to the car wash. Uh, I, th- I was thinking about it the other day. I'm like, am I the only one who has this fear? It is that you are going to suck something up with that vacuum that you did not want to lose. Oh, I've totally done that. I mean, I thought it'd be fun to actually open the phone lines and have people call and say, what have you sucked up? Because like, a lot of times I'll go to the car wash on my way home from work and there might be work clothes in my trunk because I've changed into exercise clothes. And like one time I got like a little, um, a tie, like it was a, a strap, like a tie from my shirt sucked in there and it was like <gasps> I almost lost the whole shirt. I've hmm. lost little um sweat towels. I one time it started to suck up an entire roll of paper towels and I had to like rip one off and lose <laughs> the ones that were already in there. I mean those things are the most powerful vacuums in the world. And 
you could easily lose something really important. I wonder if like where it all goes, if you'd have to like go to some central canister in the building where <laughs> all the gook from everyone's car would like, what do you do? Cause it could probably suck up a piece of jewelry. It's mm. that powerful. So uh, we'll find out what Kev sucked up, what he lost in a minute. But if you wanted to, to weigh in, you feel free. So, Kev, I'm dying to know, what did you suck up at the car wash with that powerful vacuum? I keep a lot of uh, cycling gear in my car in case uh-huh. if I forget something. I have a spare pair of gloves. I have a spare pair of socks and stuff like that. And I sucked up sucked up a very expensive cycling glove. No. Yep. Did gone. You, is there a way to get it back? Did you ask? Mm, no, I didn't go through all that. I was oh. just like, oh, well, hasta la vista. Hey, Haley, we're talking about those powerful vacuum cleaners at the car wash. What's something that you sucked up? Well, so it wasn't a the vacuum cleaner, but I have a little Buzz and Woody decal on the back of my um, Palisade, uh-huh. and I went through the car wash and forgot it was on there, and about um, five or six hours later, I realized it was gone, and I actually thought someone stole it off my car for a little bit, oh, no. but it was really the car wash. They had knocked it off. Oh, man. <laughs> So you've heard Kevin and I talk about the He Gets Us Fans Club. It's so easy to join the fans community. I'm calling it a club. <laughs> um, club. All you have to do is text <laughs> the word fans to 70193. Well, this morning I did my He Gets Us devotional and it was just such a great reminder. They're trying to raise the awareness of Jesus nationwide and get this. His model of approachability, empathy and compassion stands in contrast to our increasingly petty and mean-spirited hmm. world. Man, Jesus' life models for us another way to live. Wow, you can get messages like that every day just by joining the He Gets Us fan community. You'll get reading plans, prayer guides, all other kinds of stuff, too, to help you on your spiritual journey. And all you have to do is pick up your phone and send a simple text to join. Yes, text the word FANS, F-A-N-S, to 70193 to join today. That's fans to 70193. You want your marriage to last a lifetime, of course, right? Well, coming up, check out the secret to this couple being married 80 years. Hey, this is your guaranteed to put you in a good mood story of the day. Good news. Of course, you want your marriage to last a lifetime till death do us part, right? So what's the secret to this couple being married 80 years. Vic and Marge met at the beach in New Jersey and he was smitten right away. So he asked Marge for a phone number. Yeah. Didn't have anything to write it down with. So he remembered it. <laughs> I have a hard time with numbers, but Vic sure didn't when it was Marge's phone number. Well, Vic is now 101. Marge is 98. They have six children, 13 grandkids and four great grandkids. What's their secret? Ask their daughters and they'll say their lifelong love story is one of gratefulness and being content. I come together, we dance together, we play cards together. I'm a marriage counselor and they have been my inspiration for believing in marriage. They could have lived a more extravagant life if they chose to, but they didn't. What was important to them was their kids, their family, each other, golf and dancing. Marge still calls Vic the most wonderful man in the world. Aww. So sweet. (laughs) That is. What a great story. Hey, I got a question for you. When you go to a show, like a concert, do you watch the concert or do you spend a lot of time videoing the concert? Let's talk about that next. So when you go to a concert, do you enjoy the concert? Do you sit back and take it all in or are you one of those folks that you've constantly got... 
your uh, your camera or maybe you bring an iPad and you're recording everything. Um, my wife iPad. and I went. My wife and I went. No, people do that. Why are you so laughing? Funny. It's just they funny do that. Um, my wife and I went to a show. It was a jazz concert a couple of weeks ago. And before the artist came out on stage, Grammy Award winning, multiple Grammy Award winning jazz artist said the artist has requested no photos, no video during the show. And 99% of the people honored that. And it was great because I, I've, I've been trying to break myself of the habit of videoing everything because you missed the show. Yeah, you've got a great video of what you didn't see there in the first place because you were worried about videoing it. So that was that was a couple weeks ago. Then we went to our first show after that uh, last night. And it was out of, I don't know, about 1,500 people there. I'd say 1,400 of them had their cameras out. Wow. Pretty much the whole time. Huh. And it, it's it's interesting. I'm really trying to break myself of that. I took three pictures and two videos because I was purposefully trying not to do that because I was like, I'm missing the experience of being here so I can have this video that I'm probably just going to delete in a year anyway. watch it. Yeah. And then I heard that on our social media accounts, nobody wants to see the concert videos that aren't there. Oh, I do. I watch uh, when people post those. Oh, I watch really? Yeah, if it's I a band just I read like. That. I'm not, it's not my opinion. That's just something I read. It depends if it's a band I like. And if mm-hmm. I don't, I'll just keep on scrolling. I mean, yeah. it doesn't bother me. Um, but yeah, so I'm wondering, how do you personally, when you go to shows, do you, when you're seeing them, video the whole time? Or are you watching the show? Oh, and if there happens to be an artist listening right now, um, give us a call and tell us, do you prefer for people to put the cameras away while you're performing? Or is it an annoyance or does it not even bother you? Would love to hear all aspects of this. Hey, Andrew, we're so glad you called because you used to be a musician and we're fascinated to know what you think about people getting their phones out at concerts. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, I understand why, but I appreciate it when people are paying attention fully and engaged. And um, I saw an artist a few years ago who nailed it where he asked everyone to put their phones away and was like, you know, some things are just meant to be experienced and not only recorded. And he wanted everyone to be present for the moment. And I thought it was really awesome and a, a really great way to approach it. Yeah, I hear that. And you do wind up, because I've done both, especially when phones were new, I would record everything. Um, yeah. But, yeah, you really can't take it all in. And because, um, and by the way, you are still a musician if you're just not performing. That You're still a musician. Um, yeah, I guess so. My son, Kyle, like, we learned from him, like, you know, artists really appreciate it when you're engaged and you watch. So my wife and I, even if we're just like... I don't know. We're sitting out on the deck on a Friday night at a, you know, like a a bar and grill or something. There's some guy playing acoustic guitar. We try to pay attention. And when he's done playing a song, applaud, because that's pretty vulnerable to get up there in front of a whole bunch of strangers and sing sing your song. Even if it's Margaritaville for the 30th time that (laughs) night. Right. That that person's still putting it out there for you. You should give them your attention. Or if you don't want that, then go sit at the bars or sit at a table or something and, and don't. Don't take up that space. But I think, yes, yeah, performers and, and artists and musicians, we, we owe it to them to give them our attention when they're when they're performing. Unless they're like me and they're just awful and then they just walk away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's something about that collective experience of everybody watching and engaged that's just really powerful. Are you a little bit of a germaphobe? This may make you cringe a little. Microbiologists are trying to warn us that we're now constantly carrying bacteria and viruses in our pockets Hmm. and spreading them wherever we go. And they're begging us not to use our phones when we're on the toilet, especially if we have uh, our phones when we eat or do food prep. 
Studies show that our phones are dirtier than most toilets and viruses can survive on our phones for a week. I was getting this story ready for the show yesterday. I had to stop everything and get out a Clorox wipe and wipe off my home, phone. my phone. They say what you really need to do is it's got to be like a routine, habitual, daily thing. Because hmm. um, if, even if you wipe off your phone, if you miss something, it recolonates. Aren't we supposed Ooh. to? But I mean, to have a, an immune system and everything else functioning properly, you're supposed to be exposed to some of this. You're not supposed to live a germ-free life. No, not germ-free, but they say our phones, because they never get cleaned, are just disgusting. Hmm. Like, really bad. Hmm. Are you single and looking for love? Coming up, how do you feel about dating a mama's boy or a mama's girl? Are you single and looking for love? How do you feel about dating a mama's boy or a mama's girl? Is that sweet or sickening to you? Well, according to a brand new survey, singles are looking for a spouse who is independent from his or her parents. Overbearing moms have hindered their adult children's relationship skills, making them a little less desirable as a potential match. But if you fall in love with a mama's boy or a mama's girl, don't worry. Just be sure to set boundaries, resist the temptation to baby them like their mom did, and don't make it a competition. One thing that's interesting about this survey is it didn't cover daddy's girls. Because hmm. I know someone who just, uh, a relationship ended because she was such a daddy girl. And she told this guy, you're not good enough for my daughter. So he, the Whoa. dad ended the relationship and wow. the daughter went along with it, even though she was madly in love with this guy. Hmm. So, so dad stepped in and said, nope, not the one for you. Yeah. And, right? and this is, I mean, unbiased. Like if you just like knew this guy and like I gave you a punch list of who he is as a human being, mm. you'd be like, oh, that's the kind of di- guy I dream that's, of my daughter marrying. That is rough territory for the parent when you see like danger ahead, um, especially when your kids get older and they're adult age. You know, you're you're. <laughs> your role of putting your nose in their personal business like that, it kind of diminishes because they're adults and they want to do things on their own. And mm-hmm. so even when you see trouble ahead, I've learned mm, it's best to tiptoe around that one. Hint at it or say, I'm only uh, say I'm only going to say this once and only say it once. <laughs> Don't keep bringing it up over and over again. But man, that is such a tough spot relationally for, for parents to be in when they see problems ahead wow we should talk about this do you have any of these kind of dynamics going on in your family would love to hear what's happening so we're talking about that uh, tightrope act that parents can have to walk when their kids start getting to be dating age or start getting serious with someone i mean when they're little kids you can go like i don't know if that's the best people for you to be hanging around with and your kids go okay um but when they when it's like uh you know the heart's involved it can be dicey we'd love to hear what's happened in your family or maybe something's ongoing Ah, when adult kids or young adult kids start dating, Leslie, it can be pretty tricky, huh? Yes, it can be very tricky. And as a parent, you can't, of an adult child, you can't really give them the advice of, hey, this is not a good idea for you because they'll kind of do the opposite of what you say. (laughs) So, but you can pray. My son was um, seeing a young woman really seriously who was not a believer at all. And it actually caused him to turn away from his faith for a little bit while he was dating her. And unbeknownst to him, we were praying really hard Mm -hmm. for God's will to be done in that situation and for that relationship to end. 
and I actually had my whole prayer group. (laughs) (laughs) I may not say uh, anything, but I sure am going to pray and have everyone else pray. (laughs) Exactly. And and that relationship um, did end up ending, um, and he's back in his faith. So, um, So God can answer those prayers. Hey, Rye, we're talking about that uh, that weird kind of gray area of pr- parents getting involved with uh, relationship advice for their kids or letting them know, like, hey, I think there might be danger ahead. Have you dealt with that situation? My mom always told me growing up, I'm saving you from headache or heartache for, Aww. you know, <laughs> down the road. So I it's like, you know, I could see how this is going to play out before you get into it. I'm trying to protect you before you get it. Were you always receptive to hearing that? No, my, in my before Christ life, you know what I'm saying? You have those rebellious times, and my mom's my best friend because she was a single mother of three, so it's like, it's kind of hard to take. I know she's coming from a good place, but it's like, oh, you know, this person's doing this, or we've been together three years. It's Everything's all peaches and cream, but I'm just telling you something that you're not able to right. see Mom yet. Mom is like, so. that, that cream has gone sour, sweetheart. <laughs> right, right. And the closer you get to God, like, you can see things later on, and it kind of all just, it plays its part, and you're like, okay, maybe I should have listened to her. Sometimes you got to learn those lessons on your own, though, yeah. right? They hurt. They hurt. Well, thanks for calling. We, we appreciate you hanging out with us. Yeah, you sound like you have an awesome mom, right? Yeah, of course. Hey, are you still working from home or are you back in the office? This office tradition died after the pandemic and a lot of people are actually pretty happy about it. What is it? They're calling it the death of mandatory fun. And the first person I thought of was Kevin Avery. He's always like, I don't do manufactured fun. I don't, I don't. go to amusement parks. I don't I do man. So here's the deal. The pandemic put an end to required birthday cupcakes team happy hours and forced fun activities. A lot of workers are deeply relieved. Uh, Many are thrilled they don't have the pressure to do team building activities and pizza parties in the conference room, lest they be seen as not a team player. Experts say participation obligation results in a lot of fake smiles and extroverts may love it, but a lot of people are chafing beneath the surface. And then they also said, you know, back in the tech era, Ping pong tables and foosball tables and they even have a draft beer for employees that all the employees saw right through it. They're like, we know you just want to keep us here working longer. That's why (laughs) you've given us these perks. Right. So, you know, I I don't like really go in for all that stuff. But when I do go, I have a great time. Yeah, and it's so funny. You always like dread it, and then you're like, "That was really fun." Uh-huh. Every time, I'm always like, "Hey, that was great. We should do that more often." <laughs> Next month, hey, we're getting together. Oh man, <laughs> are you or your kids shy? Coming up, is it something you feel or something you are? Are your kids or you are you guys shy? Everyone can feel shy sometimes, depending on the setting, right? A shy temperament isn't always as socially valued as more outgoing personalities, but that doesn't mean there is something wrong. Kids who are particularly shy often have happy social lives. They just aren't likely to be the bubbliest person in a crowded room. But there are things to watch out for. Um, if With persistently shy kids, about half of them could develop an anxiety disorder. So what do you do if you're a mom or dad of a shy kid? Well, it helps to let them know everyone feels that way at times and go ahead and encourage them to speak up and make eye contact. It's not like you're going to damage them by encouraging them to go ahead and step out. I used to Hmm. be 
painfully shy when I was a kid. Like I don't just, that. <laughs> oh, it was bad. And I, I just started exercising that social muscle when I was about seventh grade. Yeah. And there was no looking back. She's been making up for lost time ever yeah, since. I have. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've ever had this happen to you, but last night I was like, I don't even know who I am right now. This is not me. I don't normally do this, but I did. I'll tell you what I uh, pulled off last night in just a minute. So I did something yesterday and I was, I don't know if this has ever happened to you where you're just inside your head. You're like, who are you right now? I can't believe this is happening. And uh, when I tell you what it is, you're going to be like, Taylor, that's no big deal. But for me, this is a big deal. Okay, okay. so here it is. I had watched uh, a TV show with Zac Efron called Down to Earth. And they went to Sardinia, Italy, where people live to like way, well beyond 100, like the highest per capita centurions of anywhere on Earth. Okay. And one of the things they eat every day, usually for lunch, is minestrone soup. So I'm like, that's it. I'm making some minestrone soup. So I got all the ingredients and I chopped everything and I made and it was simmering on the stove. And I'm not kidding you. I put the lid on and have finished all the dishes, you know, how the mess that it makes when you make soup. And I got a text from some friends and they're like, we haven't seen you in forever. We haven't even heard about your niece's wedding yet. Let's grab dinner tonight. Let's go out. And I texted back, want to come over for soup. With no notice, no... Pre- and this friend is pure Italian on both sides, her mom and her dad. Hmm. And I'm making her an Italian dip. And I war- I put, warning, this is a new recipe and I'm not Italian. <laughs> <laughs> you should have not called it minestrone. You should have said it's vegetable soup. <laughs> yeah, I just called it. And it, like, you know, I just, the house was the way it was. I, I didn't have time to clean. I didn't have time to run to the grocery store and get any like fancy dessert or anything. Hmm. Usually if I entertain, it's like a, a couple of day thing. Like I start collecting the ingredients. I start cleaning. I start prepping. And I just said, come on over. Hmm. And thank goodness this recipe, because I did, I did the trick your wife taught world's best minestrone soup is what I Googled (laughs) and everyone loved it. There you go. And I kicked it up a notch by grating this little like wine flavored cheese on top and put a little dollop of pesto on top of that. And then we had salad and garlic bread and it was a hit. And I had company with no advance notice for the first time. And I, I feel like a superwoman. Look at that. I'm like so proud of myself. The, the, the growth is unstoppable. It what is, next? I know. <laughs> <laughs> you spontaneously had friends over for homemade minestrone last mm-hmm. night. And I think men and women have different ideas on that whole spontaneous people coming over thing. Like if someone is going to, if I say like, hey, we should invite, you know, so-and-so over and watch the game tonight or something like spontaneously. It's it's a hard no from Trace. Usually it is for me yeah, too. Yeah, and I'm just yeah. like, why? But the whole idea is the getting together and companionship, not is every surface perfectly dusted right. and do we, do we have something, you know, like outstanding food wise? We can order no. a couple of pizzas. It's no big deal. You but she'll be like, like yep. nope. I'm not going to do it. Why do we do this? Because like I rem- I know better. I remember in college, I took a class called The Family, and I read this book called Open Heart, Open Home. And it talked about that. It said, ask your guests to peel a potato. Just to have them jump right in there. Just be together. Don't worry about what you're eating or how the house looks. But 
Book I was still prob- haven't learned. Book was probably written by somebody in their 70s. <laughs> <laughs> and when you're younger, you just don't have that perspective or that wisdom, right? Yeah.